Hello, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Podcast. I'm Jordan Long here, like always, with Brother Brandon. Happy Christmas. <laughs> Brother Brandon loves Christmas. It's his favorite holiday. He's been drinking al- alcoholic eggnog since 5 o'clock this morning. And best friend Ryan. Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing tonight? Pretty good. Bad. Good, good. Everybody enjoying getting ready for Christmas. We are recording on the 21st here, so by the time you hear this episode, Christmas has come and gone, but this is our last episode before Christmas. So I guess it's, uh, in a sense, our, our Christmas app. I guess. I guess you want to call it that way. Yeah. It's a very special Christmas special. Yeah, not a very special Christmas special, no. But, you know, good enough. I guess we can do for a couple of minutes real quick before we get into the main part of the show, but... We talk about our like our uh, like uh, like. Did we go Christmas shopping this week? Like for example, I bought my mom the book Wonder. She has no idea what the book is, but she was like, "Oh my god, that trailer looks so cute." Well, I'm sorry, she didn't say trailer. She's not that hip. <laughs> that movie preview looks so cute. I bought that boy with the space helmet. No, no, no. she's even less hip than that. Yeah. That commercial. That commercial. Yes, you're right. That commercial. <laughs> that commercial with the boy with the space helmet. I'm like, yeah, Wonder. She's like, that was a book before. So like, I would really like that book. So she's a reader. Sometimes she used to be. Uh, I used to buy her book every year for a while when I was in college. She never. She she only read two out of the six. But that's. I've never seen like a, a like a like a collection of books at her house. Or like she does under. She has it underneath one of the coffee table. Well, not the, the one of the end tables. Oh. Bunch of Nicholas Sparks books. I figured she would mm. like that at her age. She has gone up one point in my book. Yeah, yeah. I bought her. I bought her six Nicholas Sparks books. She's only read two. She's uh, read a, a. Well, you read one. You read them all. Really. Well. <laughs> Well the, well, the two that she read, I told her to read, and they're a little different. I'm like, she read The Notebook, of course, and then I had to read A Walk to Remember, which is pretty good. It's not the same, but... She, uh, she gets cancer in that one? Yeah. I told her to read Messages in a Bobber, but... <laughs> anyway, so I, so I, uh, you know, so I uh, bought her Wonder today, and I didn't, I didn't want to make this point. Uh, we went to Barnes & Noble first. I'm never going back there again. That, that store is so overpriced. Well, I mean... Um, we went there, oh, and it was for twenty one ninety nine. Book hardback. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Got hardback, yeah. So then I looked for a paperback. They didn't have it. So then I Googled it, and I just went to Meyer and bought it for ten dollars. Well, if you're a member, like I so esteemed am, I'm an esteemed member, have been for three years now. I recommend it. It's a very exclusive club. It is. If you're a member, you get a lot of cool deals. Podcast sponsored by Barnes and Noble. <laughs> I. That's my second home. Do you actually get? Do you have to pay to be a member? Uh, yeah, it is uh, twenty five dollars annually. It's one price a year. Uh, twenty five bucks a month. No, no a, year. a year. I'm sorry, a year. <laughs> I just, I just, I just, I just didn't want you know for somebody who doesn't read that much. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna go out there and spend twenty some bucks on a book that she's probably not gonna read. She's gonna probably take five years to read. So buy the same goddamn book for ten bucks. I said at work because um, we're allowed to listen to headphones. And uh, I listen to books, audiobooks. Mm. I was about to say book on tape, but it's on my cell phone. Um, listen to audiobook. I, I just got done listening to this really good one called The Corrections. Mm. I don't know if you guys ever no. heard who's of that, that one. Uh, who's the author? Franzen? John, yeah, Jonathan Franzen. He wrote this book called Freedom. It was okay. popular a while ago. It's a pretty good book. It's about this one uh, upper-class family in New York and how they're all kind of fucked up. Okay. It's really good. The father gets dementia and he dies at the end. The ending's really sad. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like a hopeful sadness because like the mom has lived under his thumb. Like he's kind of a dick, but he's not like an intentional asshole. He's just like emotionally sterile essentially. And um, she's been a stay-at-home mom. And as he starts to get dementia, she starts to realize her place and everything, and how she's trying to keep every, the whole family together, but all the kids are spreading apart. 
and then he dies, and that's when she realizes at 75, like, her life is truly going to begin. Like, she's mm. almost... It's a very wholesome family read. Nice. <laughs> so, Christmas shopping, then. <laughs> so, no, do you guys, well, you guys go Christmas shopping? Because the, the big climax of that book takes place on Christmas. Nice, so, nice. So, no Christmas shopping for anybody this week, then? I got all mine done. Well, I got one more thing to buy my wife, but I got everything else done. Yeah, yeah we did all ours the week before Thanksgiving. Black lacy panties you're going to buy her? I mean, that's what I always buy. Well, Don't. she's in the other room, so I'm not going to say exactly what it is. I know that. But no, it's not that. Damn. That's unfortunate. We did all, uh, I have to say, the past this year and the past two years, 90 to 95% of all the shopping's been online. Uh, yeah, uh, this year was the first time we've done that. Uh, today was just small little stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like brother-in-law wanted a CD. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go and... A CD. Well, uh, yeah, he wanted Imagination, uh, Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons. Imagine yeah. Dragons. He wanted that oh. album with the radioactive song on it, you know, and that was twenty bucks on Barnes and Noble, and it was six bucks at Best Buy. Fuck you, Barnes and Noble, going to Best no, Buy. You should have <laughs> just downloaded the music and burnt the CD for him. Just write the title. Old, of the old album. school. Yeah. Old school. That would cost you what? A dollar. For the disc. Yeah. yeah true. Well, anyway, uh, you've downloaded this episode. You did not want to hear us <laughs> listening to about Christmas shopping, but you did want to listen to our childhood scripts or past scripts, however you want to think of it. Since it's this podcast, first projects, first projects. Uh, yeah, all of us have brought something to the table. My project's a little different. We will explain that here. But uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, a little bit of BTS behind the scenes. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't Google that in porn. That's a thing. What would it be in porn? Like it's behind, behind the, the scenes, scenes in porn, you know. So like, just like the girl naked talking to the sound guy. Sometimes, but then sometimes too, she's like, "Hey, sound guy, let me suck your dick," and she like sucks his dick and shit. I'm just like, I feel like can't. that's staged. It doesn't matter. Shut up. You're ruining the fantasy. I'm that sound guy. Uh, but anywho, you do look uh, like a scruffy sound guy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Smell like one too. Thank you. But uh, anyway, so a little uh, behind the scenes here for all the uh, for all the podcast listeners out there in Japan and uh, and uh, Australia. There, um, us three are all uh, what was at one point still am sometimes here and there. But all of us uh, are filmmakers. Uh, that's how best friend Ryan and I met. Uh, was of course at a movie studio, uh, not a movie studio like Universal, but a small one and. And uh, that's what we met making movies there. And and uh, brother and Brian and I have, have have always dreamed and made movies before when we were younger as well. And that's what kind of all got us together as a group of guys, essentially. You know, um, so that's how we became really close. Besides brother Brian, because he's my brother, he has no choice in the matter. So fuck himself. But anywho, um, so that's how we kind of got together. So we all have wrote scripts. We've all wrote movies and stuff like that. We've all directed movies and everything. So that's what this episode is kind of about, where it's our first projects that we kind of tiptoed ourselves into the deep end mm-hmm. to try to get ready and be like, okay, this is actually what I want to do. Now I know you two have brought those scripts. Mine is a little different. I don't have a script. I have a notebook that is cluttered with shit because I don't have any of my scripts. That's an interesting Oh. I don't have a single one. Uh, he, best friend Ryan has one that I wrote uh, during the studio days. Yeah, but scripts actually like on cell text and stuff. I don't even have, I don't remember my cell text account. I, I don't. I don't. I have I have two flash drives filled to the brim, dedicated yeah. to just all my writing stuff. Yeah, I don't have anything. Hmm. I have absolutely nothing. I have glimpses of memories. I was trying to think when you guys said we we're going to do this episode. I was like, well, I had this dream when I was a ten year old boy, and I've always kind of liked the idea. It's your classic slasher movie kind of dream, but. 
and I don't want to do that, you know. And then, of course, you brought up the idea that you gave me, and I was like, okay, yeah, you know, so mine's a little bit more modern sense, yeah. but... But yeah, so uh, best friend Ryan, do you want to go first, Brent, uh, brother Brandon? Who wants to go first on this one? Who wants to talk about their childhood or their first scripts? Um, I guess I'll go first. Not yeah, take it away. Um, it's not a finished script. Um, I have a vast collection of unfinished scripts, but this is the first thing. Well, okay, scratch that. It's not technically the first thing that I attempted to write. The first thing I attempted to write um, was a script based on the fictional success story of the two Corys, Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is, that, I mean, that, it sounds funny, but it's really stupid. Um, though, though in my script, Corey Haim dies, which is kind of ironic, because <laughs> he did die in real life. But uh, the, this is the second thing. Write um, another script, and if, if, that, if that actor actually dies, then you have a power, friend. I guess. The thing is, he died of a drug overdose in the script, and the pretty sure that's what he died of in real life. Isn't it? That's wow. your X-Men power. <laughs> that, that's your X-Men power. Don't write scripts because when a character dies, they come true. Well, uh, that's the, the plot element in uh, this one. Um, it's called Invasion of the Scandinavian Nazi Commies. Um, 17 God. years old. I fucking love... Uh, some of my... <clears throat> uh, uh, an interesting and creative title is the first way to get me in to the front door. And that's awesome. <laughs> um... My friend, uh, my friend at the time, we haven't talked for like ten years. Um, he had he was telling me about this dream about how he was having a hockey match with um, Mikhail Gorbachev, and that's what kind of spiraled into this whole thing. It's like I just started joking around, building off it and stuff, and like this, um, and we split it up. He was supposed to write half of it, and I was supposed to write half of it, and I had the list of characters I was writing the storylines for, and he had the other part. I've never, I don't even think he did his part even remotely and I got for about 45 pages here of my stuff but the main plot essentially is that um, the Americans the American CIA is practicing for their annual hockey match with the whatever Canadian version of the CIA is I think it's called SAS or something like that when um, this this rogue group of Scandinavian terrorists Nazi commies um, attack them and kidnap them and the CIA is left unawares um, they don't realize these people are missing until a local um, private detective who is going to be played by me. His name's Frank Logan. If, if you remember, I, remember that I, I do remember yeah. Frank Logan. That's a yeah. badass name. Yeah. Well, I, I name just about every character, every main character. In my phones, uh, my scripts. Uh, his name is Frank Logan. Uh, sometimes there's a Francis Logan if it's a woman. Frankie. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, he like he get he finds. He gets sort of hired to solve the puzzle of where these bodies came from and who they are and all this stuff. Um, then he gets roped into the CIA because they realize, oh, they're they're missing uh, agents and stuff. And then there's this there's this um, he he starts to have this like buddy cop relationship, um, kind of modeled after Lethal Weapon mm-hmm. uh, with uh, the CIA agent. Um, named Raleigh St. Clair, who has this really... He has this... Uh, every time he tells them to meet him somewhere... Like, they're only together for, like, maybe two minutes at a time, and then Raleigh goes off and does something. But every time he tells Frank to meet him somewhere, it's at a whorehouse in some different location. <laughs> and the plan was to have our friend... You gotta have those tits. The plan was to have our friend play all the different prostitutes, but, like, it was supposed to be, like, supposed to be, like, this spy parody. Yeah. So... She was going to be playing all these different ethnicities. Like at some point, she was going to be Japanese. Some point, she was going to be you know pretty German. much what uh, pretty much what 
Charlie's Angels uh, 2000 does, how they go through all the different uh, disguises and personalities. Yeah. Yeah. We I mean, had all these different names. I remember uh, the madam of the first brothel, her name is Madame Bearbush. <laughs> um, and, like, it was, all, and it was all supposed to culminate in uh, this big battle in the woods because the... the 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 friend I had that I was writing the script with, uh, he lived out in the country. His parents owned just like, I think it was like ten acres of just wood, yeah. wooded area. And we we're supposed to shoot. Like our plan was to have this big battle sequence between the terrorists and the CIA out in the woods and stuff. Um, and then, but the whole okay. So the going back to the whole I have a superpower thing. Um, the whole reason that the Scandinavians are invading America is not to take over the country. Mm-hmm. They just want to kidnap Bill Cosby because they believe that his positive influences oh, from the Cosby Show oh boy. would be great for their citizens. And the superpower works because it was the, the evil people are kidnapping Bill Cosby for his core values, and now he's like a <laughs> rapist. And Allegedly. He's gone to court. I mean, He's found not guilty. Was he found not guilty? He's not in jail. Okay, well, twelve women claimed they, that he was that he drugged them and raped them. At some point, you got to imagine something truthful happened along the way, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, that's uh, invasion of Scandinavian Nazi commies. Um, one of my favorite parts of it, because like this is a, like a set. What a seventeen-year-old thinks is super fucking hysterical, and I was rereading parts of it, and it's pretty dumb. Like a lot of it's pretty dumb. Uh, like the dialogue is, is obviously written by a child, but um, like there's a lot of use of the, the word fuck because oh, that's yeah. that's mature. That's what makes it more grown up. And yeah, you were yeah. influenced with Tarantino as well. Tar- well, yeah, you know, we talked about Kevin Smith uh, last week. Well, that's right. Uh, that's right. Kevin Smith as well. Yeah, but uh, um, we came up with this joke, and it's not like really, it's not brought out until the end, where um, every single one of the CIA agents that appear in the film, their character names are, ca- are characters played by Bill Murray. And then um, the leader, the, the head of the CIA, his name is Mr. Skr. Until the very end, you realize it's like his name's actually Bill Murray. That's hilarious. I know. You laughed at it. I mean, it's That's upset. hilarious. Yeah. No, it's, I, I like that joke. But again, it's like a childish humor. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, so, it's, so it's definitely like a James Bond parody, kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Is it as violent as, as Kingsman, though? Do you think it would be that kind of violence? Mm, uh, when they have their battle and stuff? With just well, epic... We didn't actually get to the part of the battle, but there... I mean, there are parts in here where we talked about people, like... When we were talking about it, it's obvious, so like... You know, we're 17-year-old kids, we don't know what we're doing, so, like... We can do everything, you know? Right. Uh, the, you were not working on means of a budget. It was... We had endless pockets. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um... And I thought like shooting it on my my uh, Sony mini mini DV camera would, that would work just fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So like we talked about like how are we gonna how are we gonna build an exploding head? Yeah. We gotta we gotta look on YouTube for these you know how to build a squib. Yeah. And all this stuff. So like we did think of how bloody it was gonna be and like we thought it was gonna be super bloody because like we thought that was funny you know just have it over the top violence because the story's over the top. Yeah, just like just like in Kill Bill where she cuts the head off and it squirts out like a waterfall for like five seconds. Yeah, you stuff, like stuff, that. That, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would fit the tone. Right. I mean, it's just like I think every region in the world has their use of blood. Like you, Jordan mentioned samurai, which was just the ungodly spraying 
Or you've got one of my favorites actually is the Italian, which is that stark paint red, where it just looks like you cut someone open in a, in a giallo and they just paint red, like the same stuff you would use to paint your walls. Yeah, <laughs> it's unique. Yeah, that's why that's why zombie looks terrible. What was that called? The their version of Dawn of the Dead. You you're right, zombie. Zombie, it, but it's not terrible. You're wrong on that aspect. No, I didn't say it was terrible, but no. <laughs> No, no, but you're talking about the blood, about the bright red blood. That's what I'm saying. That's what it is. Oh, okay, because I was triggered for a minute. You, you pushed the trigger button. <laughs> I know I did. I just, I was the same. You're talking about bright red blood. I was confirming with that movie. Anyway, so the main character is Frank Logan. Um, well, kind of. It's it's an ensemble piece. We. So, wait, so it's your Suicide Squad. Isn't that necessarily Suicide Squad? Um, Doom Patrol. I don't know what Doom Patrol is. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> This is Justice League. This sounds like an old 80s cartoon. No, it's an actual, um, it's it's essentially Marvel's Suicide Squad. Oh, okay. Alright. Um, no, it's not like that. <laughs> but we did have this, um, we did think it would be funny uh, to have, so, um, I was the only one that didn't have this, but each American has a, uh, has a Scandinavian counterpart. So like my cousin Jared, who you guys you guys met, he was the best man at my wedding. He, he was in the championship, goddammit. Yeah, he was in the fan, uh, football yeah. fantasy football championship for the second year in a row. Yep. I, I beat him last year. He's going against Dave. I'm going from champ to chump. I'm I, You're I, going you're going for the Gordy. I'm actually gonna try to beat Max because I don't want the Gordy. I want Max to continue the streak. Yeah, of, of not winning a single game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, he wins the Gordy every time he's in the league. Yeah, for so the I past four better. years, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh each American <clears throat> would have a Scandinavian counterpart, and they would be played by the same person. So there's a scene in here, like this, uh, where Jared, um, his character's name was Rodney Sexington. Um, CIA, CIA agent Rodney Sexington. That's amazing. And uh, Well, see, that's kind of, not to cut you off, that's sort of clever on your part in terms of saving money. Um, a good friend of mine who's a filmmaker, Dustin, uh, he, his movie Zombie A-Hole, uh, the entire victims in that movie are twins. And his reasoning was like, just save money on actors. Just have one actor play two parts. There you go. And that way you're doubling the kill count, doubling the tit count, doubling the, <laughs> you know, it was, yeah. Yeah. Brand played two parts in that movie. It was fun. But um, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Um, so there's like this interrogation sequence where he's interrogating himself and like he was supposed to slap himself and they were supposed to get into a rumble on the ground. Um, but the problem is we don't, like, I don't know anyone that looks like my cousin. So sure. that would have been hard to do, right? Yeah. From a fighting aspect, but like um, I wrote it because I knew he was going to be um, Rodney Sexington, and I wrote the scene where he's being interrogated. It's more of a torture scene. Um, but he's like in his underwear the entire time. Okay. Whitey tidies or boxer briefs? Whitey tidies. Nice. He's showing off that dick. Nice. Was the plan? <laughs> and he said he was fine with it. He had yeah. he had no issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. We. This is off top, or this is not necessarily off top, but we went to Germany. Uh, in 2007, uh, first uh, city city student exchange, we were there for three weeks, and uh, he went. We went to the small town of Langerich, which is about the size of Wapak. You remember the size of Wapak? It's about 11,000 people. It's not very big. Langerich is essentially the version of Wapak over there, and uh, they have this town center, which is like really beautiful looking, but it's um, it's a long, just like it looks. It's kind of like a long alleyway really, with all these little side stores dotted in it. Um, he got so drunk, he streaked down that. Ooh. Twice. 
That's nice. Amazing. So he's not afraid, not afraid to to show off that dick. And he wasn't even his... legal. Wasn't of age. No, eighteen over there too. He left his essence in Germany. Yeah. Haven't we all? <laughs> I got part of it on on uh, videotape. <laughs> oh, you still have it? it? Yeah, it's uh, on tape in my bedroom. Is that oh. and, and I and put it on that's Jared. Yeah, I put it on YouTube. You see his, you see his like glowing white butt. I need to see this. <laughs> it's anyway. on, I think it's still on YouTube. Is it still on YouTube? Yeah, that's amazing. But yeah, that was another aspect of it. Sexington. So like, so like, so you tell me that if there was an American cowboy, he would be going against. Uh, a Nazi what? Commie what? Scandinavian Nazi commie. He will go against a, a, a Scandinavian a cow, Nazi commie. Um, well, I mean, not necessarily that that far. I'm just, just the looks. I'm just saying, like each each character, kind of like we wrote that the the American character. The plan was to write the American character, yeah, and then we would also write their yeah. um, Scandinavian counterpart. But kind of like a doppelganger in a way. Yeah, but I wrote. I think the only one I wrote was a Scandinavian for Rodney Sexington. Because he was supposed to handle all the other ones. Like, there was supposed to be uh, a Raleigh St. Clair version in Scandinavia and all that stuff. And, like, Rodney Sexton had a brother um, who was a rock star and, like, a uh, double agent. He worked for the, uh, whatever the Nazi commies fascists were. So who was the leader of the Nazi commies? Uh, reincarnated version of Hitler? Um, uh, there was, uh, the, the main bad guy that you see the most of is this, um, Alexander Litvinenko, which is actually a real guy who was poisoned by the Russian police in 2006, so I'll use that name, but I think that he was in charge, I think he was in charge of writing that part of it, because he uh, was, he was, we split it up, I was supposed to write everything that happens in America, and he was supposed to write everything that happens, um, in Europe. Europe. And like I said, I don't think he wrote any of that. No, he hasn't, he hasn't wrote anything. So you have half a script. I have 45 pages. So oh. you need to write the other 45 pages and make that movie. Why? Because the names are just amazing. Like I said... like Who would have paid to see that movie? Well, it's I think hearing it, I mean, it sounds like a... I don't know, it sounds like something that a, uh, like a little kid would like. Well, I mean, people loved Austin Powers, and that was kind of shitty, if you think about it. I guess that's true. It does I mean, have sort of the same type of humor. It's the same goddamn thing, and Austin Powers was a hit. And Kingsman is a parody of Bond, in a way. And that's a mega hit. That's true. It's very true. So, since you got Austin Powers and you got Kingsman, might as well ride those coattails, my friend. Ride those coattails? Yeah, well, I mean, like, instead of writing a vampire script ten years ago, write a, write a, write a spy script. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. <laughs> speaking of speaking of vampires, uh, kind of off subject, just real fast. I just saw the state. And I figured both of you would love this. Uh, Stephanie Meyer, who is the, I'm gonna I'm gonna cringe when I say the writer of the Twilight books. Um, we were looking through oh, books. She's and, an author, well, published author. She's terrible, but uh, uh, she has a new book out, and it's called something. I forgot what it's called. But it's the same goddamn cover. <laughs> no, but I'm saying it's it's because because it, it has nothing to do with Twilight, but it's the same cover because I even picked it up and it has nothing to do with Twilight, but it has like a green apple with a hand with an all black cover. You know what I mean? Just like the cover of Twilight, where it was like the hand with the red apple. Well, she didn't she write one that's Twilight, but from Edward's perspective. That's probably what it was then, because it was a green apple instead of a red apple. It was the same damn cover. Anyway. But you got a double dip, man. I guess so. Gotta, I mean, JK's keep, doing that now. You got to keep rolling in that money. Wait, yeah. she's not double dipping. Well, she made Curse a Child, right? She approved of that. She didn't write that. She like she approved the use of it. Okay. Well, but she had, she had no other okay. 
but well, no, I mean, like, I mean, like, I mean, you, you, you definitely should. Right now, spies are in, man. I mean, so you got to write those coattails. You got to, you got to write the script, and you got to go to California and be like Universal, Disney, 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 Disney. So that's all available. <laughs> Will you please take my script? Well, Disney, don't they? They they own Secret Service now, Kingsman. And it's Marvel. It's no, Marvel. That's Fox. It was Fox. owned by Fox. Yeah, yeah, now they, they own them Fox. now. They own them yeah, now. Yeah, so. I haven't touched this since I was 17. Yeah, I but now it. but now you're almost a 30-year-old man. Now you can make this even more clever. This is one of those, uh, I mean, like, you guys have those feverish mm-hmm. moments where you spend, like, three days in a row just typing and typing and typing. Oh, Back yeah. in the day, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's essentially what this was. Yeah, like, but, there's, yeah. you get, like, there's a straight line, and then it just kind of stops, and there's just, like, there's, like, maybe five pages of random stuff after that. But here's the thing, though. Here's my only condition. You can do whatever you want, but you gotta keep the names because the names are just uh, brilliant. I do wonder. I do wonder in this day and age how a film titled "Invasion of the Scandinavian Nazi Commies" would be accepted in yeah. the mainstream. And then, and then a of course, lot more acceptable than you think. And really? then, of course, yeah. have the have have the madam called something Bush. Madame Bear Bush. Bear Bush, which that means no Bush. It's amazing. And then, and the ironic thing is that she has the biggest Bush ever. There's a, there's a thing with the, the, the prostitutes, too, where um, Riley St. Clair, every time he goes to one, it's always, like, a different fetish. It's like the first time it's a milkmaid, where you're, like, sucking on her tits, get the yeah. milk of pregnant ladies. Um, and then I think it evolved to, like, eventually it was, like, a dominatrix yeah. by the end of it. And my friend, um, you guys you remember Andy Beach? Yeah. Really shy, awkward. He had agreed to play Riley St. Clair, so... It would have been hysterical for us. Yeah, that, that, would, that would have been really fun. And, like, there's names there's names in here. Like, um, one of my uncles, uh, Jared's dad, his name's Larry Smith. He is a character in this. There's a there's a small character in this. Um, he's driving on the uh, on the, he's driving down the highway, uh, belting out Britney Spears. Uh, <laughs> not yet, not a girl, not yet a woman. Yeah, I love that song. Beautiful. And um, Roddy Sexington, he escapes the torture, the interrogation, and he's running around in his underwear, and he gets on the side of the road, and the guy picks him up, yeah. and the whole time, the guy's, like, coming on to him, he's not really coming on to him. Yeah. And it's funny, because, it's like, my uncle and the character's homosexual. Again. That's that's hilarious. 17-year-old, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely, man. That sounds awesome. I, I really enjoy it. I mean, <laughs> you you sold me just on the title. Yeah, I don't he doesn't <laughs> care. He doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care about the names. He doesn't care if there's titties with milk in it. Oh, absolutely! I care. Yeah, I know. Who doesn't watch that porn? But uh, I'm also I'm a, I'm an advocator of well, neither of you have seen my movie collection yet. But I majority of my movie collection is nothing but just like the B grade movies. Like you know, I have got movies like The Nest, which is about killer cockroaches. Oh God, I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> like I just I don't know. The idea is absurd. The idea is, is amazing. I don't know. I'd, I'd watch it in a heartbeat. I watched that movie at, at the movie gallery at the time, Video Connection, back in my like 80s horror, 90s horror heyday uh-huh. because of that cover of that naked woman in fe- getting ate by a cockroach. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I have that cover. It's the yeah. cover. <laughs> oh, oh, that is yeah. the cover? Yeah. We all sometimes, you know, after a couple, you know, years or a decade or whatever, like, you know, like they like changed the covers. I don't know if that was the same cover. But no, Screen Factory released it. So they, the Screen they, Factory they kept really. to its original. They kept to the original. All right. Because, yeah, because that, that, because cause back in the day, it was not the title for me. It was the cover. You know, if the cover was creepy, like, that's why I watched Happy Birthday to me. Oh yeah, uh, you know right. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh my god, that's a creepy ass fucking cover. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, I watched it because, oh my god, a clown that's smiling. But there's like this, <laughs> there's like this fucking, there's this fucking thing. What the fuck? Oh my yeah. god, this clown is smiling, but in his right hand's a balloon. Oh my god, and it's red. 
which signifies death. No, no, no. They had uh, they had the uh, they had this uh, tentacle claw kind of looking fucking mm. thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, coming out of his right hand, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" You know. So, but anyway, yeah, the nest. I remember that. <laughs> so, uh, very, very, uh, very fun. Would you ever change? My last question: Would you change the title of not invasion? Because like they're not invading America, really. They're just they're just killing certain people and. That's true. What, what would I call it? Operation, I don't know. I'm asking you. What Operation Cliffhuxtable or something. Well, 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 well. Who is your main guy? <laughs> well, like I said, it's kind of an ensemble. Yeah, piece. but 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 out of that ensemble piece, Deadpool was clearly not Deadpool. Deadshot was clearly the leader of the Suicide Squad. Who but would be your guy? It would probably be Rodney Sexton because we see not Rodney Sexton. Sorry, it'd probably be Frank Logan. We yeah. see we see a bit of his personal life because he's yeah. having. Um, Marital issues and yeah. like she, I got it. Okay, got it. You know, are you aware of Asylum? Yeah, in their movies, they're knockoff the mm-hmm. uh, the transmorphers and yeah, yeah. That. Logan's hot. Logan's hot. Rated R. Call yours Logan, and cash in on that Logan money, and you can trick a lot of forty-year-old dads who are thinking they are getting Logan, or six-year-old dads like our dad. Right. Older people who are like, oh, that was that movie that was in the in the cinemas. Just gonna just have me wearing a wife beater on the cover, screaming. Uh-huh. Logan is not a is not a you you can't you can't trademark Logan. It's true. It's a name. Just cash in on it, buddy. Now my idea is a little bit more ridiculous than that. <laughs> uh, that idea is ridiculous. But uh, if your main guy, doable, but doable, doable, very doable. If your guy's Frank Logan, you know, well, it's 2018, pretty much. We gotta do a franchise. We gotta do a trilogy. So it has to be Frank Logan, dot dot, and then the title. You know, so it has oh. to be, because it's the Frank Logan series. It's like how they used to do above the titles 007 in. Yeah, so it has to be. Yeah, so it has to be Frank Logan. Indiana well, Jones. Well, and. actually, on that. Um, there was, um, I did write a sort of, it's, like I got like maybe 30 pages or something in it. Um, I did write a pseudo-sequel to Invasion of Scandinavian Nazi Commies in, in that Frank Logan from this movie is the main character in this other movie. Um, and it was a, uh, he, he goes, he, him and his wife, like they, they go through this, this, this hellish experience of fighting the Nazi commies. And so they want to go on vacation, they want to restore their marriage, and they go to this B&B in New England, and the, like, the house gets invaded and stuff like that. There you go. He's like Bruce Willis in Die Hard. Yeah. How can the same thing with the same guy twice? Well, like, the thing is, um, like, they have drastically different tones. Like, that one's like, I was trying to write a serious kind of psycho-ish yeah. movie. Because, like, Frank Logan doesn't appear until halfway into the, like, I think it was like 25 pages in. Nice. But he was the, like, he's the one that saves the day, yeah. he's the main character. Like, it follows yeah. this, this couple... Um, for the first 25 pages and then they're the first like the, the husband's the first person to get killed of course he is yeah. Yeah. that's what kicks everything I don't know yeah. in, in a world where we live in a time now where where um, movie appreciation is much different so I mean we live in a time where you know you've got titles like Tokyo Gore Police you've got uh, your vice is in a lock room and only I have the key like you know what I mean <laughs> like those titles exist like I, I mean if, if you ever wanted to keep it I think just because of the absurdity itself, you would attract a lot of attention. Well, keep it, but just put the Frank Logan on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, right. that's what you got to do. I will keep Frank Logan mind. and the invasion of the Nazi commies. Scandinavian. Scott, Scandinavian. They are from three specific countries. Yeah. And then, you got, and then the poster, the teaser poster, is the three different country flags joining as one. Mm, that's actually really good. Not, yeah, this just, just joining, and then the bottom of it is starting to go on fire. So yeah. like they're setting like they're burning their own country. Or? They're burning. No, they're not they're burning. They're merging their own country. together. 
and bleeding, and the tagline is, our colors will bleed. There you go. There our you go. colors will bleed. <laughs> I mean, that's that right there, you know? And, of course, and of course the font's kind of like 3D-ish, you know, like where you got... We got we got the Frank Logan because it's the first movie in the trilogy. So you got the Frank Logan is the actual big title, and below it, you know, you got the small little one. You know, so people know that it's just a Frank Logan movie. So when the second one comes out, you know, Frank Logan and the massacre at the B and B. Yeah. Uh, you know. B and B nightmare. B and B nightmare. You know, you got that going on for you. There you go. And his wife is played by Rachel McAdams, and he is Ryan uh, Ryan Gosling. And he builds her a table. There you go. <laughs> and then the next scene stomps a guy's face in in an elevator. Yep. 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 There you go. That's how <laughs> we're going to do that one. There you go, buddy. All right. That is Invasion there. of the Scandinavian Nazi Commies. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Brother Brandon, what you got for us? Uh, mine is, um, it's a weird take. I, it was, it was for some, I wrote this when I was uh, 21. I ended up, Writing a full 84-page script in three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, only because I watched Frankenstein. It had been since I was a kid, since I watched 1931's Frankenstein. Put it back in, and I'm like, wow, this is a lot more magical than I previously thought. And I just became entranced with the Universal Monsters again. So I was like, I want to write a horror film with a 1930s appeal. <sighs> um, so the title of it is The Diabolical Dr. Von Dexter. And the villain, main character, uh, is Dr. Von Dexter. And his whole mission really is his wife was di- uh, died unceremoniously in an experiment that he was showing investors. Uh, an experiment that could keep you, that would make you invincible. Because it's, they're preparing for World War II. And he's explaining to him that, you know, what our soldiers are going through. They're basically going into war uh, with a higher percentage in death even before the fight begins. And that's unacceptable. So as, and this is also my, um, the re- when I wrote it, this was thinking about this scene with Dr. Octopus and his wife, how he was showing off the, the arms and things go away and his wife dies. Pretty much the same model of that scene, but I wanted to write that. And it's, he was the top scientist in, in Weston, Pennsylvania, the city Weston. And because of the accident, he's a no longer, he's a recluse. He lives alone in his laboratory. Um... And what it is, it keeps his wife's body preserved. All she needs is the brain, gotcha, the I'm perfect sorry. brain. So he actually goes, travels down to Weston in the, into the city streets at nights, kidnaps people, takes them back to his lair and removes their brain, hoping that the brain would work. And there's been failed experiment after failed experiment oh, trying to find the perfect brain. So that's the premise. And you've got two detectives. Uh, their names are um, John McMalice and Dean Thorpe. God, you guys have amazing names. McMalice. Yeah. McMalice is great. And Dean Thorpe. Thorpe, Thorpe is good because because Thorpe sound Dean Thorpe sounds like, you know, that jock high school football guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Dean Thorpe coming up to the line here. You know what I mean? It just sounds like that guy. I researched like fucking crazy. I spent actually two days studying nineteen thirties lingo. Mm-hmm. And what would exist then? What wouldn't? Well, you went deep into this. I did. Uh, there is one of the first like couples is Barbara and um, Mac, and they're going together to see a movie. Or not? Uh, not Mac. I forgot his name. George. Barbara and George. They're going to see a movie, and one of the things I found out was air conditioning did not exist in movie theaters until the fifties. So he's wanting to see a. She's wanting to see a movie. He's like, you know, he pretty much tells her, it gets too stuffy in there, babe. Let's just go to the point. 
you know, and that could, well, for other reasons why he wants to go too. Of course. He wants to, you know, make love and propose. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's, <clears throat> and then the, the other main characters are McMalice and Thorpe, the detectives, trying to de- deduce the, the stream of missing people. And they eventually, of course, like all 30s, you know, they, they run into Von Dexter. He has his amazing speech of why he's doing what he's doing, and he dies. You're never going to catch me, you see? But there's, uh, <laughs> there's certain things I want to read off, and I actually have the full script here. Um, this is something I just I would really love to do one day. If, if I either turn it into a novel or maybe just sell it. Just rewrite it, refix it, of course, and then maybe sell it. But... The first thing I'm going to read is actually the first time we're, we're 34 pages in. This is the first time you meet McMalice and Thorpe. So, interior, detective's office. <laughs> Inside, we see both detectives laid back and talking amongst each other. One end of the room is John McMalice, early 30s, dark hair and very sleek and very laid back. Other end of the room is Dean Thorpe also early 30s, although he has light hair and still has taken on a boyish look. McMalice lights a cigarette as he rests his elbows on the desk trying to take on the slow day. McMalice. So what's this thing you wanted to tell me earlier today? Dean's legs are propped up on his desk reading a newspaper. Thorpe smirks. You remember that young boy a few years ago? He had that 53 Chevy, teal colored. Now I said 30s. And this is, uh, this is uh, what I meant to, forgot to say was this is uh, like a 30s aesthetic, but set in the 50s. I forgot to mention that. But it has like a 30s like universal appeal. Okay. <clears throat> so like a different universe in a way. Essentially, it's taking on all the 30s like, like perspectives. Like Batman 89. I guess you could say that. McMalice. Yeah, the Ivy Leaguer. What about him? Thorpe. Well, I think I've seen him. McMalice. Don't get your senses in a knot, Thorpe. He's been long dead. You and I both seen him get pulled out of the river. Thorpe. Well, yeah, I know that, but I could have swore I caught a glimpse of him. McMalice. And when was this? Thorpe. Just a few nights ago. I was on patrol. McMalice smirks. <laughs> when have you ever been willing to patrol the city, Thorpe? Thorpe. My nephew Jimmy just joined the force last week. A deputy, thank you. McMalice. Oh, the real jittery one. Yeah, well, I don't know where he gets it from. He's not allowed a gun until he gets it under control, you see. (laughs) McMalice. And old Frankie let him have the job? Thorpe. You know how it is around here, McMalice. You could use the manpower. McMalice leans back in his chair, smiling. He loves to get Thorpe riled up. So anyways, I'm showing Jimmy around, you know. Telling him the best places to scope and eat, of course. And right there... Parked on the corner of 42nd and Park Street was that boy and his car. McMalice, you sure it wasn't just a coincidence? Thorpe, no, no, it was him. I know it all sounds wacky and even I don't believe in nonsense like that, but I remember that face, McMalice. Well, what happened next? He just sat there. Thorpe, he just sat there, looking right at me, smiling. And it wasn't one of those, you know... How do you do, smiles. It was real eerie-like. Made my stomach queasy. McMalice sits there listening. He's not disturbed by the story, but it has gotten his interest a little. Thorpe continued. Later that night, I went home and told my wife. McMalice. And what'd she say? Thorpe chuckles. Told me to lay off the bottle. 
a beat, and then the telephone rings. McMalice gets ready to pick it up. McMalice. I think it's all this smog filling up your head, picking up the phone. McMalice here. Yeah, uh, yeah, yes, sir, just a sec. McMalice holds the phone away from him, scurrying together a piece of paper and a pencil. Thorpe lowers his newspaper, listening to McMalice. McMalice continues, writing down the information. Barbara Lutz, Lincoln Avenue. Now is that Conway building? Yeah, yeah, apartment 14. Yes, sir, right. McMalice hangs up the phone, leans back in his chair, and rests his hands on his head. McMalice. Well, looks like you're going to get to show me where you saw that boy in his car. Thorpe. Was that the Sarge? McMalice. Yeah, another missing person. Uh, George is his name. Supposedly George and the young girl Barbara were going to pick out a ring today. He committed, or, um, a po proposed to her last night. Thorpe, thinking, probably just got cold feet. McMalice. It's possible, but I guess some tenants from the opposite building claim to have heard disturbances in the alleyway there. Thorpe chuckles. Heck, if we find him, I might just go to him and wherever he's going. McMalice gets up from his chair, collecting his coat. Oh, come on, Thorpe. You leave your wife now, I would enjoy those delicious pot roasts. Thorpe gets up for his well. I can't convince her to make that unless you come over. Both McMalice and Thorpe head out the door. You want to come over tonight? And it dissolves away. That's like the first introduction between McMalice and Thorpe, just like bullshitting back and forth. That's a very 1930s city speak, right? It's like, I'm not going out there, you hear? <laughs> you know, there's going to be little boys outside. You want to yeah. play stickball? Certainly! You know. And but that's like, uh, I'm going to read one more scene, and then we can move on to Jordan. But, like, this is pretty much the introduction. Like, anyone who's ever watched The Twilight Zone and how... Um, Oh, shit. Yes. I f forgot his last name, but how he approaches every episode and it lets you know what's going to happen. I wanted to do the same thing. So the beginning of this movie is a reporter who's 20, 30 years from now. He's standing in the spot where the last showdown took place, and he pretty much addresses the audience. I had I had a, um, a, uh, like a mockumentary script about a, uh, like a serial killer. So like Wapak, where I'm from, is famous for Neil Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Um, first man on the moon we have a museum there for him and i was i wrote this documentary about this serial killer that was in wapak and how the town's trying to bury it and it's kind of laid out like that yeah yeah it's essentially what i wanted to do but here it's just basically it's like walking out from the foggy trees and into frame is oliver pratt late 30s handsome and clean wearing a decent suit although the entire right side of his body is concealed in darkness only his left side is visible i do have a question sorry yeah. to interrupt was he going to be played by oliver platt uh, I didn't think of that. No. <laughs> or Chris Pratt. Or Chris Pratt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he essentially, like, he he is, he announces himself. Like, if you ever seen the beginning of Frankenstein, someone comes out on the stage and announces the story as well. Um, I haven't seen Frankenstein in a long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the guy walks on the stage and he's kind of like Hitchcocking in a way. He's like, good evening, ladies yeah, and yeah. gentlemen. What you're going to see is horrific. You know? That's exactly what I wanted this character to be. But Oliver, calm and collected, he's like, well, starts off as good evening. <laughs> <laughs> That's typical how it works. My name is Oliver Pratt. And for those of you who are questioning why I've decided to wander and skulk within these eerie trees, then remain seated and allow me to explain the unfortunate demise that took place directly where I'm standing. Oliver begins to walk towards the camera. 
allowing the camera to calmly back away from him, keeping a safe distance. The demise, you see, was that of a man, brilliant and renowned for his work, an inventor, an engineer that entitled him the man of the future. Although, like all extraordinary men with popularity and power, their reign of excellence merely perishes away by their own pride. This man, torn away from life and love altogether, secluded himself in darkness and in turmoil, allowing his mind to twist and churn until there was nothing left but insanity. <laughs> you can't see me, folks, but at the end of that line, he, he puts his glasses down and looks passionately at the camera. Continue. Oliver stops walking, so does the camera. This is amazing. His experiments, creations, and malicious acts of violence have frightened and shaken the poor city of Weston, Pennsylvania. Is he still on the left or right side? Because I could see this guy talking in the camera with his glasses half down, with his one side overlooking well, the shoulder. Still, the entire time, only half his face is concealed in darkness. Okay. All right, I'm just he doesn't reveal himself till the end. Okay, cause, because the way you're presenting it is just so precious. <laughs> it's just wonderful. You just, this is this is ham. Yeah, yeah. I love it. No, it's I, w- I wanted to write this as pure. It's set in the 50s, but I wanted to write have enough 30s aesthetic cheesiness to this as possible. You're doing a good job at it so far. <clears throat> have frightened and shaken the poor city of Western Pennsylvania leaving the citizens to forever remember the man who once provided a dream, yet gave them all a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the end? Because I have a question. A man known as Oliver leans in closer, right side of his body still heavily shadowed by the darkness. A man known as Dr. Vincent Von Dexter, lightning strike in the background. <laughs> now, 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 if you're done, as soon as the lightning mm-hmm. strikes in the background, you got to do that 1930s uh, spinner reel edit when it, when it fades to a next scene. You know what I'm talking about? Like that classic scene where they say something and then it has like this twirly, like, Newspaper? Yeah, kind of like yeah, kind of like a newspaper, but it's like lines. It's like this, like this cheesy fade to the next scene. Sort of. You know like, what I mean? It, it's sort of actually like right when he says that, it does like it goes like not. I'm gonna make the sound effect, but like. Yeah. It's strange worldy. It sort of does that, and it goes right as the the main titles go right into Von Dexter, like charging through the woods. He has a fresh victim in his cart. Yeah. And as he's trudging through the woods. That's when the credits are going, and yeah. there's this cat that yeah. keeps sniffing around the corpse. Yeah, the black cat. Yep. Then he gets mad at the cat and actually grabs it and snaps its neck. Yeah. And, and now that cat's going to haunt him for the rest of his days, and then the... And well, then, no, no, no. no. <laughs> like, he actually gets to, like, as before he gets to his laboratory, this is the whole introduction. Before he gets to his laboratory, he gets to the edge of the cliff, mm-hmm. and he looks down at the city, uh-huh. and he, you know, like, lightning strikes again, you get some of his messed up, like, frightened face, yeah. and it goes into a flashback of the incident, where yeah. he's showing investors his project and kills his wife. Now, of course, this can't be black and white, this is the 30s, it has to be brown and white. Brown and white? Well, did, did you guys ever notice that back in the 30s and 40s <laughs> movies? How was it kind of like a black and white? It was kind of like this faded, Sepia. brownish kind of color? I guess. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like or, like, or like, or like Frankenstein in the 30s was like a bluish kind of color. You yeah. know what I mean? You, this movie is definitely not 100% black and white. It's kind of like a, like that bluish color. It's like clearly 
clearly the film industry has not taken care of this. <laughs> this has been underneath Steven Spielberg's desk for the past forty years. You know, I mean, like, I mean, that's what you got to do with that. There's other scenes I want to. There's a couple more scenes I want to read, but I'm gonna. I'll let it go. We'll go around the table again and announce other things. But that's essentially like I wanted to announce who McMalice and Thorpe were. Yeah, sure. And I wanted to announce the the classic man in a suit. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a story I want to tell. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, you gotta do it. Yeah, the fedora hat. Yeah, you yeah. Know, the suit and the curtain behind and just wonderful things. That's great. I actually like. What I'm going to do is when I get home, I actually, I'm actually going to send the full script to both of you. Uh-huh. I didn't want to send it to you ahead of time, but I'm going to send it to both of you and, and let you think what you really think about it in mm-hmm. full. Mm-hmm. Well, both ideas sound just wonderful. Why you guys are not making these, I don't know. No money. You got to have money. Well, you got to have money, son. Hey, you, you know what I guess me you hear? You see, copper? No. Funny the second time, not funny the third or fourth time. All right, no, well. I'm just waiting for you to down that whole bottle, Okro. You go full 1930s gangster on us. Do you know why I bought a bottle, bought a bottle, bottle of crow today? Because <laughs> uh, I was at the I was at the zoo for lights, and uh, I, we I rather ran out of diapers, so I had to go to Kroger to get diapers. Well, since I'm here, that's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking lily. I get diapers, and conveniently for all the dads, across the aisle from the diaper baby section is the liquor section. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I'm not gonna buy anything. You know, so I walk over there and I'm trying to look around, and I saw a bottle of Old Crow Grandpa's Old Whiskey, three ninety nine. So I'm like three ninety nine for this bottle. Right. <laughs> oh fuck. So I walk out. And she goes, "You bought whiskey? It was three ninety nine. She goes, eh, yeah. "Does it? Does it taste like it's three ninety nine dollar bottle of whiskey? Smell it. Yeah, it smells like every old, every other cheap liquor. Mm-hmm. Googled it. Knew who makes this? Jim Bean. Jim Bean? Not, Jim, not whatever. Jim Beam. Whatever, Jim Bean. It would be no, it'd be better if it was Jim Bean, because it's a knockoff. It's Never like it's the, the asylum <laughs> version. They say, so so this is this is actually Jim Beam, but this is Asian barrels for only two years. What's a Jim Beam age? 10, 15 years. Like oh, traditional, wow. like That's a lot of patience. Some, like something like that. But this is actually like Jim Beam. Oh, okay. They just slap old crow on the cover. Because it's not the quality they 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 want. This was Abraham Lincoln and Ulysses S. Grant's favorite whiskey. It's, it smells like the the drink of a man who's seen some shit. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen some shit. Anyway, what's you going on? You are getting diapers. That's that's true. Yeah, that's true. What's we're, going on now? Uh, we're going on to you. You're letting you explain a little of your project. Yeah, what's 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 your project, Jordan? Oh yeah, I brought that. So um, I have a little notebook here. I'm not as tech as these guys are. Uh, so you, you have visuals and everything. We just have. I do. I have visual. Well, because well, because I was, I was two months away from making it, and it just didn't. You know, life happened. Didn't happen. Uh, but I was dead serious. We had locations. You were around, weren't you? No. Well, no. you I was around when you were talking about it. But I think I might have came after it was done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, we had we 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 had we had uh, we had a Boy Scout camp that already agreed to do it, and we were gung ho. We were ready to go. It just. Just didn't turn out that way, but um, I am a huge not anymore because I'm getting a little bit older now and I just don't have time. But I uh, I still am though uh, a huge Friday the Thirteenth fan, and um, I know the movies are not good. I know the movies are not made to be serious because you're there to see Jason do what he wants to do. 
But I always liked the first movie the most, even growing up, because it wasn't like your Michael, Jason, or Freddy. It was your traditional story of a mom whose son drowned because a couple kids fornicated, and she just wanted to get revenge. It's a classic, simple old story. So what I did was one day I decided to actually really study the first movie. So I watched the first movie three times in one day and watched a bunch and just wrote down a bunch of notes, stuff that I noticed, stuff that I seen. And I'm like, I'm going to make a YouTube TV series. I'm going to make five seasons, five years of this. And it's all going to be about how Jason became Jason to a certain degree, but it's all going to lead up to Pamela. Uh, Voorhees um, killing the two counselors in the opening of the first movie. That's where it's gonna. That's where it's gonna end. So everything that happens from beginning to then. Who are these characters? Why is Crazy Ralph always saying you're doomed? It's a death curse. I thought to myself. I was like, well, he evidently knows something, right? What does he know? So I have a bunch of these things. So before we get into the story of it, like I have. I have, I have location scouting here. I read over episodes here. Um, notes, different shades of lipstick because a couple girls helped me write about like what lipstick shades were popular back then for the ladies. I even have camp counselor women dresses that we that we drew up and what boys would wear and the style oh, wow. and everything of what they would actually have. You know what I mean? So we could do the show properly. You know what I mean? And like, like that's what the girls would wear as a camp counselor. They can't see this, but these are drawings that we've done. They're like, uh, like dowdy 1950s brown. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. we went down as far as the swimsuits and dresses and things like, like just all these crazy stuff. So what I did was I wanted to make Friday the Thirteenth serious. I wanted to make it like, dare I say, kind of like you know, kind of like a Walking Dead. You know, where you take something that's kind of silly, like a zombie thing and try to make it serious so i just got a bunch of paper and pen these were my notes when i was watching the first friday the 13th movie here Jeez, Louise. front to back of just all these different notes i of didn't ideas. think there's that much content in that movie <laughs> this is just everything that i thought of that i saw that i came up with this is this is a folder that jordan was just like here you know because i think jordan and i were we were drinking yeah <laughs> and we got to talking about old projects and Jordan just gave me this folder one night. He was like, here, here's something I was working on. I'm like, all right, I'll take it home. <laughs> and it was just one of those things where it's like, like I think a couple days later I saw it sitting there and I opened it and I'm like, I did. I had the same reaction you had, Ryan. Like I looked at all the notes and I was like, I even, to myself, this is true, I to myself I was looking through I was like, this mother, this motherfucker's even got drawings. <laughs> and I've never even gotten that far before in anything I've done. It's just like I, I don't know. From what everything I've read, it seems like a, a, a you are a fan, sir, who would do something right. Thank you. And that's why I think uh, that goes with a lot of things. I think that's why Wonder Woman works so well. Mm -hmm. It's because you've got a director who's a fan. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a huge advocator that if you want something fan service done right, hire fans. Mm -hmm. They will do something right. Yeah, because they love the material and they want to do something. And then yeah. people like me, I love Friday the 13th, but I always was interested in why. You're like, why this all happened. So with all these notes and everything, um, I, I did read some stuff over. Uh, this is all five seasons, so five years of a YouTube TV show. It's going to be a 30-minute episode each each episode. How long you know? was the season? Uh, I was going to do 13 episodes per season, of course. Jeez Louise. Because, you know, Friday 13, 13 that's, episodes. That's a workload. But, that's, uh, but anyway, so the basic of the story is you guys got to imagine this and to the listeners, but the first 
episode, um, I'll, I'll talk briefly, then I'll go into the whole overall story, but the first episode ever in the show is you got Mrs. Voorhees, but you never see her from the knees down. The camera's always low because little Jason always walks in when she's in the kitchen cooking because in the first movie you find out that she's a cook at Camp Crystal Lake. And it's in 1954, the year that Jason died. And, um, and, and, and she's cooking and stuff. And Jason's like, Mom, can I go out to swim? Jason walks in. So you can see Jason from the neck down. I just wanted to kind of keep that as a tease. And then she's like, no, Jason, you can't go out and swim. You know, very loving, very caring, sweet voice kind of a woman. And then Jason goes off and runs away, you know, plays or whatever. And these two kids are running by, you know, the window in the kitchen. She's like, hey, kids, knock it off, whatever, right? And then she actually said, I changed my mind. Come here. Jason wants to go swimming. Please take him swimming, right? I'm going to finish lunch here for everybody, and I'll come get you when lunch is done. And they said, okay. And, and all of a sudden... Mrs. Voorhees is cooking, and then the camera pans up from her knees to her hips, and then you see Jason swim and splashing, and then you see her from her hips, you know, up to the bottom of her breast, and Jason swimming again, and then boom, you get a full frontal of who Mrs. Voorhees looks like, and then a girl screams bloody murder. Mrs. Voorhees drops the knife, she runs out to the lake, and she jumps into the lake, and she pulls Jason out, and she holds him, and she looks at the sky and screams like the traditional scream, and then boom. We cut all the way back to the 30s when, when Pamela's uh, 15 years old. Okay. That's how the first episode's going to go, with her pulling Jason out. Mm-hmm. So you're introduced to her parents, you're introduced to all these characters, and you find out everything I put together from the movies is that the Christies in the movies, this was not made up, this part. This is all from what they said throughout the course of the 12 movies. The Christies owned Camp Crystal Lake, right? Well, Mrs. Voorhees' parents partnered with the Christies because they didn't want to do it anymore, right? So that was that was stated in the movies. So now where I take it is Pamela, they have Pamela and, you know, she's not quite a counselor, but she kind of is. You know, she's kind of just like hanging around. Well, her parents fully buy out the camp and they have a 55-year-old guy who was a maintenance guy there. His name's Ralph. Crazy Ralph. <laughs> But he's not crazy. He's just a normal dude. Ralph is like the main character of the Pamela story, actually. So it, Pamela's not the main character. She, she is, but I mean, but he's like, he's like, you know, okay, you know how in The Walking Dead, Rick's the main character, but then Daryl, like everybody loves. Oh, okay. That's yeah. kind of what the Ralph. Fan favorite. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, long story short, guys. Uh, Pamela falls in love with this high school jock named Elias, who that you actually find out that that is Jason's father's name in part six, which is Jason lives. But he, uh, but she, but she, but she falls in love with Elias. Elias gets her pregnant. He doesn't like it. He he bails on her. She tells her parents that she's pregnant. Her dad, very thirties, forties kind of guy, you know, saying, "Well, you're no daughter of mine," you know, bit slaps and stuff, and you're out of the house. And the mom's just has to sit there and take it. Pamela has nowhere to go besides the camp. And here she is pregnant alone, and Ralph takes care of the camp during the winter months, and he finds her, and he befriends her. And she and he becomes kind of her father. Okay. Well, eventually what happens is she has Jason, and Jason's a mongoloid, and she automatically falls in love with him. But everybody else says this is not right. And it just progresses and progresses and progresses. There's more that I forgot. I know that. I know that. So, I'm, like, is the like the first season finale was like that the birth when she gives birth? 
Um, it then and see, I don't remember stuff because all this stuff is like chicken scratch. I just kind of just wrote fast when I was watching. That's a lot. Like that's yeah. that is a lot. That you um, have. but like, but like uh, from what I can remember, you know, it's like, oh, okay. I, I remember one scene. Um, after she gives uh, after she gives birth, the doctors take Jason uh, Jason the baby away to do tests and everything, make sure he's okay because he's deformed, and and you know like and it takes. I I, I think I remember it take. It took three grown men to hold her down because they were taking her baby away from her. So then all of season two was just kind of just following her, dealing with the fact that she has a baby, but now she's 16 years old, and what do I do, you know? And like, and just really explaining why would she kill all these kids for her son years later because, you know, her... Her man left her. Her parents left her. Where do I go? All she has is this crazy old guy. You know what I mean? Eventually, Elias comes back into play, and she starts dating Elias in season three. You know, and that was her first kill. She ends up killing Elias. You know, and stuff like that. And it just it just progresses and progresses until the last episode of the whole show is the first episode of the show where you know she's cooking and she's now she now runs the camp. She doesn't own it. You know, and Jason drowns and. Becomes that whole thing. There's a lot more to it than that, but I, I like I said. Were you gonna keep some of the more famous tropes from the series in it? No, no. Th- there was gonna be no serial killing. There was only gonna be one killing throughout the whole series, and that was gonna be Elias. Okay. There was gonna be no supernatural thing. There was gonna be no. It was. It's gonna be a straight drama of why this woman is so attached to her boy. And also, how is it dealing with raising a mongoloid being 16 years old? Actually, the kill, 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 ma, ma, ma should happen right when she kills the two camp counselors. Mm-hmm. So since like there's, the first kill is only Elias, mm-hmm. the last two kills of the entire series are those two camp counselors. Mm-hmm. And it should be one of those moments where right she kills them because mm-hmm. we never see her reaction, mm-hmm. of course, of killing those two camp counselors in the movie. You would be able to do that. Mm-hmm. You could do like this dramatic pullback and like see the blood on her face, on her hands. And how and then, her reaction is. If it's horrified or pleasure, you don't right. know. Right. Yeah. So, right when you get that reaction, just let it linger for mm-hmm. just a brief seconds and all of a sudden, there you and go. And then end it. Well, there is actually, since you guys, uh, there, there's actually one scene that I do remember in season four, because remember there's five, but this is where Ralph is officially gone. Um, it's when he takes Jason swimming as just this is a little baby infant, you know, essentially, you know, and and, and Pamela's freaking out. It was one of those get you moments in TV shows where it's like, oh my god, the character is dead. You know what I mean? Um, and she's like freaking out, freaking out, freaking out, and she finally sees Elias uh, teaching or kind of just like swimming with Jason, holding Jason, you know, in his arms because he's kind of like the makeshift father of Jason in a way. Ralph is, and he's just swimming in the middle of the night in the middle of the lake, just kind of like swimming with them, you know, just kind of being a dad. You know, and she jumps in and gets violent with a lot, uh, uh, violent with Ralph. Is it? How dare you take my baby away from me? You know, and blah 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 blah. And it breaks it, and that breaks Ralph's heart. And he just he goes away. He can't deal with it anymore because she is so obsessed with this kid. Is uh, does she kill Elias because he's violent towards her, or is this like um, is it gonna be like how in Breaking Bad, Walter White starts out like doing bad things with good intentions to just being out and out an evil person. That's what she does throughout the whole third season. Third season is when Elias comes back in the beginning and then she kills her at the end of season 13. I do remember that. I mean, I mean, at, at, the, at the end of episode 13 of season 3. So she, there's two full seasons where she's 
No, like season um, season three, episode one, he comes back, Elias, mm-hmm. and then no, I'm saying season like, three, yes, like it's because you said there's five seasons. Yeah, so there's, so two, there's two seasons where she's like living with the fact that she killed the guy, or she's like relishing the fact that she killed the guy. She's relishing because because season because season one, she never killed Elias or anybody. In that yeah, no, I know, I know. Yeah, but you're talking about. I'm just asking because she because you're leading into the the series proper of Friday the Thirteenth and by that like she's the villain of the of the first movie so mm. I'm just asking if the series like the the character arc for her is she goes like she becomes an evil person she or becomes does she just snap like is it a p- slow progression or does she just lose her shit in one moment I'm gonna say a little bit of both but more of a slow progression because like because I want you as the audience to like her you know yeah because. If you were a fan of Friday the 13th, you know what's going to happen to Pamela, right? But, like, it's just, like, how can somebody get so evil? It's like that famous question of, do you think Hitler was born evil or not? You know what I mean? It's like, are you proud of your environment or are you not? So I'm just so I'm watching, you know, the first movie and just trying to think of ideas of, like, why would she go this crazy? You know what I mean? Because I do know the knowledge that her parents and the Christies owned the camp together. So clearly Pamela, as a teenage girl, was hanging around the camp. Clearly, you know, that was kind of my interpretation of it. Okay, so I know that Jason's father's name's Elias, so he's this stereotypical jock, you know, from the 30s, 40s football player guy that knocked her teenage girl up and doesn't give a shit, you know what I mean, and leaves, you know, and now she is by herself. What do I do? You know, my dad kicked me out of the house. My mom can't help me out. I'm, I'm, I'm on my own. I can't go to school. I'm pregnant. This is in the 30s, you know. You can't do that. So I'm just going to live at the camp during the summer. And then here comes Crazy Ralph. So now we know why Crazy Ralph always says to those kids in the movie, you're doomed. It's a death curse because he knows how insane Pamela is. And he can't help her. I mean, like, I mean, like, there's, there, are, there, are, there are episodes after season three when she kind of officially kind of snaps. You know that she's unsavable. Where, like, you know that she's just, where, where Ralph is going to, like, try it and raise him with her and help her. You know, be like, hey, you know, let's, let's, let's have Jason go to school, you know, or... Whatever, like that. No, Jason's my boy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. How old was Jason when he drowned? Jason was eight. Eight. Okay. So like, so like, so after season three is over with, we jump ahead to a few years of the time frame. But that was kind of my idea, and the only reason why I came up with this even more was because uh, there's this comic book um, that's called Pamela, um, and it's actually just a regular, just one issue comic, where in the movie, um, where Mrs. Voorhees picked up that hitchhiker that got killed first in the beginning of the movie. Uh, well, she gets picked up, and the writer of the comic decided to expand upon that more, and was like, you know. Um, so anyway, um, Mrs. Voorhees picks up the hitchhiker that she does the movie in the comic, and the hitchhiker says, "So tell me about Camp Crystal Lake." And Mrs. Voorhees is like, "Oh, I was pregnant with Jason when I was a teenager." So then I thought of more of that. You know what I mean? Okay. And there's this very, very uh, cool picture of Mrs. Voorhees pregnant as a teenager, sitting by a sign that says Camp Crystal Lake as a cartoon drawing. So that's where I got inspiration from it as well. So you were drawing not only from the movie, you're drawing from other sources too. Then I was drawing from a from a comic source in which she said that she was pregnant as a teenager. Yeah, and then you know she didn't really do much. Are there any novelizations? Not that, that I know of. That you know of. Okay. I mean, like, I have never seen a full fleshed out story about Pamela before. Right, right. So that's why I kind of wanted to do it, and that's why I wanted to make a TV show and call it Pamela. You know, don't call it Friday the Thirteenth. Don't call it Pamela Voorhees. Call it Pamela. You know. And that's another thing too is that um, is that Pamela's real name last name is not Voorhees. I don't know what that is. I forgot what I called it. But she took Elias's last name. Hmm. Okay. You know, not legally. That's why Jason's name is Jason Voorhees. You know. Now, 
Alright, I'm gonna we'll play a little game, okay? I think mm-hmm. it'll be fun. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, are you, are you done? I'm, I didn't, I did, did I interrupt you? Are you done presenting your no, thing? No, fuck. Okay. Who would you, like, names, big name people, who would you cast in your movies, your main roles? So, Pamela. Hmm. Who would you pick for Pamela? Well, it has to be a teenage girl and then it goes into the older, so I would have two roles. Uh, the teenage girl. Um. You know what? This sounds like dad, but I would do that Grace Vanderwell girl. Really? Yeah, she's this very. Blake Lightwood? No, 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 no. Grace Vanderwell's this. I don't know. But she's she's not an actor, is she? No, she's not. But oh. I'm just saying, you know, like who I would, I would cast. Who, uh, who is that? She's this girl that writes her own song. She's like 14 years old, and she won like The Voice or The X Factor or something okay. like that. She's like really freaking talented. Je- my our, our our father calls her the John Lennon of this generation. Wow, that's that's. So she's a, a great songwriter who's a giant asshole. She's probably gonna be. <laughs> okay. But no, but but her look, you know, would look like something like like Mrs. Voorhees would do. And then Mrs. Voorhees has a thirty something going on for the yeah. second casting part. Um. See, so they have three different types because you have older. But but older Mrs. Voorhees, I would do uh, Julian Moore. Julian Moore. Yeah. Really? Oh. Oh. See, I thought I thought it only went. How far does it go? Because I thought it only went to the beginning of the first movie, not the actual movie itself. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. But you got. But remember though, is that, uh, is that she said that Jason's Jason drowned in the fifties, right? And then the, and then the movie took place in nineteen seventy nine, yeah. right? And Mrs. Voorhees, uh, am I well, screwed? Jason. Well, she he was born when she was sixteen. Yeah. And he died when he was eight, so she's only twenty four at the beginning of the first movie. Okay, twenty four. Okay. okay, so yeah, the, 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 then I would say a younger Julia Moore. See, I was picturing um, Anna Sophia Robb. I don't know if you know her. She's no. the little girl from Bridge to Terabithia. She was in the uh, mm. movie. She was a love interest in the Way Way Back. I don't even know those movies. Yeah, yeah. I think to me, I mean, I step on your toes, but I figure because because she's twenty four now. Oh so really? She, yeah, so she'd be able. To or even uh, just because she's still she's in her twenties too, but she has um, she has a very youngish look as Emily Browning. What yeah. about what about I, what about? Well, Lady... That's a better pick, Emily Browning. That's what about what about Lady Gaga? Well, the thing is, she's she's done good in some acting roles so far. And 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 she could probably be good. I just I was trying to think of someone who's younger, you mm-hmm. know, because yeah. like because I mean, unless you have to have. I don't know. Any, I know anybody. The only younger. reason the only reason why I said Emily Browning. Have you seen Legend? Yet with yeah, with Tom Hardy. I've seen Legend. Yeah, that's who that is. Emily Browning. Okay. I don't know all the names, but... So, uh, she has more of like a homely sort of down-to-earth look. Yeah, yeah. She should be good at Pamela being, yeah. yeah. So what did you guys think before we go? I mean, like, I mean, uh, do you guys like this idea this of Pamela? sounds interesting to me. I liked it when you first showed it to me. Yeah. I, I, I was not... When I opened up that folder, buddy, I was not prepared to be in depth as it was. <laughs> if you really want to know about it, you really got to read the shit. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's interesting about that is you take, because like, it's a, t- it's a, it's a, pro- it's a product that, uh, even if, if you don't like horror movies, you still know who Jason Voorhees is. You know the Friday 13th series. And I'm a fan of like mythologizing things like that because that's yeah, a big yeah. part of our culture. Yeah. So I think it, it, to me it's interesting just on that, that aspect alone because you're, you're not necessarily diving, diving into the history of Jason. You're, you're taking the, the beginning of it and then going on your whole different that's the only reason why I don't think it would be a good sell though is because people general like 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 I can see myself going to the studios and presenting them this folder and be like blah 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 blah, blah I talk my ear off they'd be like but where's where's the hockey mask where's the machete that's what you people know, want to you see you know who would listen to you huh? Netflix 
Well, yeah, Netflix would listen. Hulu. I mean, there's the, they're they're doing this whole intellectual property stuff on TV now. It's like they just had a Charlie's Angels three years ago that can't got canceled. Like they have a Taken TV show, uh, Lethal Weapon. Yeah, they I actually a, like Lethal Weapon. They had a Rush Hour TV. So it's like I mean, yeah, movies being remade as TV shows is a thing now. So I mean, I guess. who's anyway. to say? Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah, yeah, there's this, yeah. So that's my whole Nick thing. Nick Malison Thorpe. Who would play McMallis yeah, and Thorpe? Who would play McMallis and Thorpe? Uh, McMallis, George Clooney, George Thorpe, Casey Affleck. Casey? I, was, I thought you were going to say Adam Driver. No, Casey Affleck. Mm-hmm. I could, uh, Adam Driver, yeah, I wouldn't mind working with, I wouldn't mind working He'd be George, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, Von Dexter, uh, I thought of Gary Oldman the entire time. Of I course it. you did. That's a beautiful choice. Or another beautiful choice would be Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I mean, Brundlefly, man. Get Brundlefly in your movie, bro. I'm trying to find a brain. I keep telling myself that I, uh, uh, I'll find a way. <laughs> Chaos theory. <laughs> uh, no, I, I thought of Gary Oldman the entire time I wrote uh, Von Dexter. All right. Uh, let's see. I've got your names. Uh, Sexington? Rodney Sexington. Um, back if, if this was 2007. Oh, shit. Probably would have chosen Ryan Gosling yeah. as Ronnie Sexington to be the lead because yeah. I mean he himself is sexy, yeah. so it would be apropos. Um, what about the Madame No Bush? Madame Bear Bush, she's barely in it. She's in it like oh. for like I think she has like six lines. But you could something. still have her be like that big Hollywood starlet. Well, um, she know. was always envisioned as being a larger gal, and I think I mean I don't really know. Uh, the uh, the heavy uh, the uh, heavy black girl from Precious, or or Push novel by Sapphire. Yeah, based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Um, Gabrielle Sidibe, I could. I mean, I could see that. I mean, she could be funny in it. Um, I mean, as I think about it, I think I mean it would be funnier because she was supposed to be like a young lady. I think in the script, I think it'd be funnier if she was older. Yeah, like an older lady. Um, so like um, sounds like a bore. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Beer Fest? Yeah. The oh, other bigger lady that attacked the, him. The, what, the black lady? See the black lady that attacked Monique? Is that also, Monique? Is that who that is? also in Precious. Is that Monique? <laughs> I know that was Monique. Are, are, did you just watch Precious today or something? No, I just, I've always made now, that um, What's her name? Margo Martindale? I don't know who that is. She's a, I don't know, she's like in her 60s. She she was in this TV show, The Americans. She's been in a couple movies. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She said The Americans, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like that, I think that'd be interesting. But like, um, Frank Logan... Um, supposed to be played by me, um, and then, I mean Chris probably, Pratt, right? No, nah, I'm not a Chris Pratt type. Probably like a Jonah Hill, maybe. Mm. maybe Jonah Jim Hill in his own spy series. Channing Tatum. Who oh, Channing. Channing Tatum might work? I don't know. I mean, I am. I don't know. Is he as sexy as me? Channing. Yeah. I think the Tatum's. <laughs> I I think Channing may have his may have his work cut off for him here. I I don't know. I mean, I mean. How about just, this? How about this? Who's who's banging your wife? You or Channing? I think the the biggest coup I could get is casting Bill Cosby. Mm. That would be amazing if you I actually could be get Bill Cosby. Because he, 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 he would be in the search for work. It, or... It does... I mean, the the bad guys do paint him in a positive light. And there's like there's a whole sequence where one of the, guy re, one of the, the bad guys recaps an entire episode of the yeah. Bill Cosby show. Or you can just cast Kenan Thompson because he plays a good Bill Cosby. He already played Bill Cosby in the movie. Uh, was it Fat Albert? He did. He was Fat yeah. Albert in that. Yeah. 
I have another suggestion though for uh, for uh, Frank Logan. Um, I even looked this up because okay, so sorry to interrupt you. How every one of my scripts, the lead character is named Frank Logan. Mm-hmm. So I start to I, I was wondering, is there any like is that a name? Is there any major characters that have the name Frank Logan? And according to IMDb, there is only one movie with a character named Frank Logan, and it's played by Michael Keaton. So I feel like that's a good sign. Yeah, Michael Keaton is awesome. Yeah. What about what about what about Leo? Well, see, that's big money. We're talking big money. I don't know. Leo. I mean, he he's at that point in his career now where he would he he would probably want to play one of the Scandinavians. Yeah, he's, he's done everything, right? Tom so, Hardy. Tom Hardy. So I, don't know. I mean, he's too intense. Well, I mean, he did do that comedy, uh, The War. Yeah, the one with uh, Chris Pine. Yeah, is that what's called? The war, or something, something like that. that. They were fighting over. Uh, they were both dating the same chick. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon, which doesn't make any sense, but. Um, I, I mean, I would love to cast Bill Murray as Bill Murray. I think that'd be great. Because it'd be Bill Murray playing a character named Bill Murray, but it's not really Had that Murray. cameo, just like in Zombieland. Yeah. Oh, have the main guy be, uh, main bad guy be Woody Harrelson. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of characters. This, like I said, this is a, a sprawling ensemble. Who piece. would direct it? Who would direct it? Rob Zombie. Edgar Wright. You want Edgar Wright to direct that? I feel like that'd be up, like up his wheelhouse. Invasion of Scandinavian Nazi comics, just that overblown spy thing. I feel like he that'd be like or, right, right, yeah, or, absolutely. Or, yeah. or 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 would you like to do uh, Christopher Nolan and make it serious and dark? Well, see, I think it'd be funny because I think the funniest way to play because there's some there's some pratfalls and some physical comedy and stuff like that in here, um, but but there's a lot of just like absurd stuff that. I think if Christopher Nolan did it and people acted like they were in a Christopher Nolan film would make it like that much funnier. Yeah. Because his movies aren't funny at all and they're a lot of them are overly serious. Yeah. Um, and I think that'd be great because like there's a se- like there's a there's a sequence where Riley Saint, uh, there's a scene where Riley St. Clair gets in trouble because Mr. Sir um, he, he's supposed to be acting he's a CIA, CIA agent full-blown CIA agent um, but the head of the CIA, Mr. Sir, his um, secretary didn't come in that day, so he makes Raleigh the secretary. And Raleigh spends the whole time playing with Hot Wheels. <laughs> and Mr. Sir gets mad because Raleigh took the Hot Wheels from his his collection, his vault, and he gives yeah. him a lecture on why you don't touch these uh, these toys. Like these, they, he doesn't call them toys; these uh, models. I think he's what he calls them. And I think that'd be funny if like yeah. you have that <laughs> music in the background. Yeah. The last casting thing for you, Mr. Sir. Right, that's his name? Well, that's Bill Murray. Bill Murray? Okay, well, it, what if it's not Bill Murray, and what if it's Tom Hanks? That would be funny, because everybody's thinking it's going to be Bill Murray, and like Bill Murray, the character Bill Murray is played by Tom Hanks. That's um, good. Tom who would uh, who would, who would you want to be the overseer of Pamela? Like, like oh, I know... Uh, who, would, who would be Ralph? No, no. Um, the director. Like, like the, oh, the director? The showrunner. Oh, God, the showrunner? Uh, that Fincher. Hmm. So like the so you imagine this is sort of like a Fincher sort of like a Zodiac kind don't of don't you like that tone well that don't you think like? so with the story that I told you yeah I can yeah. play like that I mean like I it, it kind of plays like a House of Cards kind of you know kind of tone you know it, it definitely has that kind of I mean like Fincher I think would be great I would originally say Scott but he's made some shit <laughs> you're still on that alien thing man you're still <laughs> on the oh so are you everything branches from alien you told me. You told me you're like Jordan. So I saw Alien recently. I was like, yeah, that 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 that's a piece of shit. Well, I know. I remember I was supposed yeah. to watch it because we were supposed to talk about Fincher and Alien Three. But yeah, we talked about it anyways. Yeah, but I mean, no, but you watched Alien Covenant. 
oh, I did watch. That's awful. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. And Scott did that. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like, do I want to have Scott involved in this or not? Because he's made some interesting TV shows before. I mean, I think, I mean, if, if you wanted to talk about, um, what is it, American Gangster, that's kind of a serious mm-hmm. tone. Sort yeah. of in line with Zodiac. But if you guys can picture my version of this story of Pamela, yeah, I mean, me and Fincher would be two peas in a pod here, I think. This is the way he would tell the story and how he direct the actors and everything. This would be my kind of thing. He'd probably fire you. He's a perfectionist. <laughs> oh, I'm not? With all that shit? How about you, director? Uh, Mike Flanagan. I would not even say Oh, that. Uh, uh, Oculus and... Oculus, uh, Absentia, Hush, mm. um, Ouija 2, which I think uh, the ending fell apart a little bit. But I have that on my on my DVR. Is that worth it? Ouija 2? Right? Yeah. The, 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 the Ouija board? Yeah, yeah. Because the first movie was laughable, right? This one's this one I like okay, a lot. Okay, I'm sorry. I mean, that, Mike Flynn, I just because I, he's a growing director, uh, at the time I had no idea. Like, of course, I was one, like, me and some, you know, like, I was thinking maybe Dustin would direct it. Um, but then, I think if... James Wan? I thought you picked James Wan. No, I, I think I'm just, I, I'm really liking what Flanagan's doing currently. Okay. I like the rise in content that he has. Okay. Very competent director. Very, uh, very interesting. Um, trying to think of any other director... Like I said, I, I didn't have one in mind, of course, when writing it. Kubrick, thinking, if he was alive. <laughs> thinking of it now, I would want to, I would want to give Flanagan the shot. I would want to just keep giving that guy. Where, oh yeah, um, he did uh, Gerald's Game on Netflix, oh, yeah. which is really good. Huh. That's who I would choose. Hmm. All right. Interesting. Cool. Well, I, I mean, we got nothing else here, so uh, we're going to close out the show here for everybody. But we want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode. And uh, we're done for 2000. And no, we're not. We got one more episode for 2018. 16, 17. <laughs> <laughs> I got less than half a bottle of Kroger. Um, well, we'll record. No, technically, this is the last This is the last episode. We'll, re- we'll be recording next week, mm-hmm. but it won't get released until. The first week of January. If we can, we're getting a snowstorm next week. So. Oh. oh yeah, twenty inches, end of the world, Armageddon stuff. So. Better stock up on the bottles of water and the slices of bread. Yeah. Gotta get the bread and milk. It was always the first thing to go at the Walmart. Yeah, everybody goes after that. But uh, but thank you so much for uh, for a wonderful new year. This is technically the second season of Podcast. Yeah. Technically. Technically. Uh, it's my first season. But it's his first season, but technically. Yeah. So, uh, but, but thank you so much for everybody, and uh, thank you for the Australians and the Japanese. I'll be going to I'll be going to Japan to get some sushi. I heard koala's really good. Koala? Do you know koalas have um, chlamydia? A lot of them have chlamydia. Well, good. So do I. So we're good. Uh, you guys can meet up at the, at the human koala mixer. I know. Just bring your old crow and just chat up some uh, burly looking koala. There we go. But thank you so much for downloading this episode, guys. If you want to listen to more of Podcast or any other shows that we have a part of our network, make sure to check out movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Search for us on iTunes under Movie Guys Podcast and on Twitter at movieguyspod and movieguyspodcast.com. But for Brother Brandon and best friend Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. Have a good mm-hmm. night, guys. You're welcome.